Welcome to Build Beyond Bricks, the Western Sydney Community Forum podcast. A place to learn, share, connect and explore using analysis and insights to lead and shape the future of communities. Hello everybody and welcome to our platform, which is all about building communities. My name is Nadiana Albister from the team at Western Sydney Community Forum, and I'll be your host for today's conversation. Today's another one of our COVID-19 specials, where we will be unpacking the impacts on agencies who are at the forefront of supporting people experiencing vulnerability and crisis, and where we share ideas, thoughts, tools, and experiences so we can support each other in servicing local communities across Greater Western Sydney. Our guest today is John Christenthal, founder and director of 365 Care, which services the areas of Parramatta, Liverpool, the Hills District and the Lower Blue Mountains. Thank you for joining me, John. Thanks, Nadiana. It's good to be here. Now, John, do you want to give us a little bit of information as to who you are other than the founder and the director of 365 Care? Is there anything you'd like to share with us? Thanks, Nadiana. Yes, um, I come to the uh, the care sector as a, uh, a second career post around nearly 40 years in government service in, in public sector and uh, I saw the the impacts on older people in the health sector, the people sector and uh, the opportunity came to set up a, a business in the home care space looking after people and keeping people out of um, nursing homes at that stage and uh, so eight years ago we did that. We've, you know, it's been a slow ride, it's been a slow burn but um that's where I come from. I come from a, a totally technical background uh, in the engineering space, but my parent, my mother was a, a social worker. My daughters work in the uh, the care sector, and so I suppose it's in the genes. But that's where I'm come. That's where I've come from, and uh, totally enjoying the last eight years of my retirement. Oh, eight years of retirement while you're leading an organisation. It's been quite a ride then for that retirement, John. It has been. And and let's just say not everyone's totally happy about that because they'd like to be uh, travelling. So, John, can you tell us a little bit about the services that you offer at 365 Care and how COVID-19 has impacted you on your service delivery? Look, 365 Care started, as I said, with a focus on keeping people out of um, facilities. And it's really for in-home care for older people and those with a disability. The other way of looking at it is providing care for adults, right, and not specifically on funding. And I think that's a really sort of important difference to where we're coming from. Uh, it's just about keeping people at home and looking after them. Now, the funding side of that can be through sort of home care packages, private services. We haven't gone down the CHSP, the Commonwealth Home Support Program, side at all. Where we're looking at is we talk to the clients and basically give them what they want. In terms of COVID, it's been a, an interesting exercise and really has um, helped mature the organisation. I think we were in a position, uh, we were still growing and COVID hit just as we were starting to really sort of put into place a lot of our growth strategies. The impacts out of COVID, is the biggest one, has been handling the misinformation and fear in our staff and clients. Everyone just reacted that way. So we needed to try and find the authoritative source of information just to get to the nitty-gritty so that we shared information. And um, it just meant that our team matured faster and has evolved. One of the issues that we've really come to grips with probably in the last week or so is the excessive hours that have been working. Our staff, all, our office staff are all working from home. 
and they've been working. They'll kick in. I'll, I'll notice that they start working around 8 o'clock. It's well and truly after 7 o'clock at night when they're um, knocking off. So I actually had to really uh, step in and control that recently. And um, so I end up with the 5 o'clock Bundy clock and kick everybody out. JobKeeper also um, loaded us up and added to that stress. So the government support really sort of impacted. Uh, we didn't realise, we didn't think that we'd be eligible for, for JobKeeper simply because we thought we were going along. But then we mon- we started to monitor what was actually happening and people were hiding, were not hiding, they were starting to reduce face-to-face hours. We ended up sort of fitting the profile. So all of a sudden we had a, a week and a half of really heavy work to um, engage in JobKeeper. We're only a small organisation. We've only got um, uh, nine people working in the office. So it's it's had a, a positive effect. It's had a negative effect, but I think we're coming out of it okay. That's great. And it definitely sounds as though you've been able to respond to um, the need that came from COVID-19, um, such as that misinformation and ensuring that people received the facts, um, however that may be necessary, um, and getting making sure that that information is the correct information that isn't the one causing the fear and the doubt as to what is happening at the moment. Um, did you have any strategies that you put in place um, and what did you do with that? You've mentioned a couple of things about JobKeeper. Um, did you have any other strategies? It really turned us upside down and and one of the strengths of being small is that we can actually do things quickly. The early advice was, you know, we don't need sanitizer, antibacterial soap. How do I get this sort of stuff out to all of our carers at a time when we're trying to um, minimise their contact and travelling around? What we ended up coming up with was, you know, we put antibacterial soap and some sanitizer we purchased that early and we actually put it in the clients homes and it actually had the impact that we were looking after the uh, the clients and the carers at the same time so the coordinators would actually go in and um, uh, meet with the clients reassure them what's going on and this material was there and we're we're needing to even now we're now seeing that um, popping topping up those containers is um, is needed and we're doing that. The other thing we did, one of the other things, we did. A, I did a video out to all of the clients and distributed that to um, all the clients and carers, family carers, on how we're dealing things and how we're approaching things and opening us up to um, answering any questions that they actually had so they weren't alone. This also followed with increased contact between the clients and the coordinators And the way we operate is that um, I limit the caseload that each of the coordinators has. It's crept up to probably around about 40 at the moment. My ideal is around about the 25 to 30 mark maximum for each coordinator. And one of the things that I've insisted on is that they go face-to-face with the client every six to eight weeks, right? And uh, it's to gauge and engage with those clients. Also, there's a news, weekly newsletter goes out to all the clients from our community engagement people to uh, just stay in touch. The other thing we needed to do fairly quickly was um, weekly webinars with all the staff. And it's a, it's a little thing called Chat with John. So we allow everyone to come in and ask me the hard questions. It was interesting in the first couple of weeks that the questions were mainly around fear uh, and source of PPE, sanitizer. 
this was part of sort of trying to manage the misinformation that was going on and the secret squirrel conversations that were happening with everyone and all the instant experts that were out there. So we're still doing that on a weekly basis and um, there's less people showing up for that at the moment and I think uh, we're staying in touch as well. That's fantastic. The other thing, some of the other stuff we did was actually push the, the staff, our office staff, to actually work from home. And we did that sort of through a, um, a different couple of options and we, we did it in a staged process. We uh, kept the office open for um, PPE and everything else, but then we've moved to um, from home and we're still engaged with our, uh, our staff. So it's an interesting exercise. And it does sound as though there's been a big transition towards um, the use of technology as we've all had to learn to use and quickly um, move towards that of being able to have those video conversations, the chat with John, for example, I'm sure that would be something that wasn't the case before and having those videos that, are going out to clients and to carers um, to ensure that communication is maintained and that contact is still there to enhance those relationships during these times of such unease. Um, with these things... Did, just, even, Nadia, yeah. just even on that, it, it's really even... And the video content was very much about that. And one of the things that um, works well is face-to-face. And I'm a, a strong advocate on face-to-face. But, and so even with these, it's very much about turning the cameras on for everybody so that they can all see each other as well. So it is a, a great use of technology. It's been an interesting one. Uh, seeing how some people come dressed at 7 o'clock at night. um, Yeah, it's an intrusion on their time, but um, they invest in that as well. Exactly right. And definitely, as you say, that considering that we can't be together in person, I think definitely the next best thing is that face-to-face contact via video even, um, much more than just a phone conversation or a email. <laughs> so definitely something that's fantastic that we've been able to use and a lot of services across Western Sydney, such as yourself, have been able to um, use that and use it for the best. And now, John, with these changes that have come, did this mean new additional resources or new skills, both for yourself and for your team, I suppose? It it, it matured our organisation very, very quickly. And one of the things that became evident was we needed to do things differently. I employed an extra registered nurse, right, to um, keep us on track with the clinical compliance side of things because... The message that was coming out clear was registered nurse. We had a registered nurse, but she was engaged in other things. And so this one we, we employed for the next six months. It's really about making sure all these clinical issues relating to COVID are covered and that any situation that we do, we come up against, we can deal with. So that was one of the things. The other, from a skill side of things, what we've found is you know, that we're now using Teams and SharePoint, so in the Microsoft world. So all of a sudden the team has gone from yeah, sending emails right, to everybody and everything. Now I've killed email internally inside the office. Uh, we have chats and discussions um, about things and record everything as we're going, right? So video conferencing is becoming it, but we're keeping the records as we go. In terms of resources, it's been a, a heavy expenditure in, um, uh, I suppose, computers, webcams and things, so iPads, phones, so that people can actually work from home. 
And what we've done is actually set people up in their homes with their work computers so that um, they've got all the resources that they've got available. What it meant was that we actually had to implement an upgrade on our um, operating system so that we weren't tied to a, uh, an IT infrastructure that was based on a, uh, a space. So it meant that I'm basically working the cloud with total security of everything, all our data. If everything crashes and burns, I just go and buy a new computer and can set up and get going again in a couple of hours. Yes, there's been a whole heap of changes and it's been a costly exercise, but what it does, it actually sets us up for moving forward. Exactly right. And it's not something that's going to go to waste and only be used during these times. I'm sure it's going to be something that you will be able to use into the future, which is brilliant. And so I suppose that leads us to what are your next steps at 365 Care moving forward um, in this new way of working? One of the things I talked about earlier was, yeah, I've become the five o'clock um, Bundy Keeper. And so getting back to normal, I think, is really the uh, the key point here. I keep uh, emphasising to people that we're here for the marathon. We're in a marathon race. We're not here for a sprint. I've seen people burning out. So the um, we've just got to monitor the emotional impact that it's having on people and the mental health side of things uh, in the office. For us, we've matured into our roles, but it's also come at a time, as I said earlier, was uh, we're growing. So all of a sudden we're now shifting our focus from, I suppose, the power, the knowledge being in one space or in a few people. I've had to actually now start to really accelerate that growth of the organisation away from that 10 and potentially in the next few months we'll be up to 15 to 20 people just to cope with the information and share it around and, and keep the service going. Sounds as if it's been something that has come along at a time that your organisation was in a situation to be able to embrace that change um, and ex- like, as exactly as you say, accelerate um, the process of that, le- of that growth, which is very pleasing to hear, John. So what is one key suggestion or I suppose hint or learning that you would like to share with others who are dealing with this situation now that you've done certain things, you've implemented certain new resources and you've almost found your feet again and you're in this second phase of transition, I suppose. What would be a key takeaway or a learning that you'd like to share? Interesting question because I think it, it comes back to the core reason that we're, I'm doing this sort of um, this activity, being in this sector, doing what I do. It's actually seek out your clients and listen to what they want and then deliver it. Now, that sounds easier said than done, but I think being small, the challenge I actually have is staying small while we actually get bigger and that's what I'm dealing with now. So seeking out the clients, go and talk to them, just deliver the services that they want when they want it. That sounds exactly the same, easier said than done. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, that person-centred care, isn't that right, John? It is, it is. And um, it's one of the things that sets, look, we're not the only organisation doing this, but I think the bigger organisations str- will struggle because they just can't turn around as fast. Um, so it is a challenge for everybody. But, and everyone will sort of do it in a different way. But um, the coordinators out there, sort of as long as they can go and talk to their clients, 
manage their budgets so they get what they want, then we'll all get through it. Fantastic. Thank you so much for that, John. I'm sure that's very something that people are looking forward to hearing and having that level of inspiration as well, that we will all get through this um, one way or another. We'll definitely be getting through this. So thank you, John. Thank you for joining me for today's COVID-19 session. If you would like to get in touch with John, uh, you can check out the podcast notes below. Um, as we've discussed, this is definitely new for everybody right now. We're certainly not sure about what exactly it is that we should be doing or how to do it. Uh, we're simply hoping that we're heading in the right direction um, and with the right intentions as well as we've been discussing with John. These are things we will continue to explore as part of the COVID-19 specials. Thanks to you for joining us and please get in touch with your thoughts and questions at any time. Stay well, speak again soon. And goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to Build Beyond Bricks by Western Sydney Community Forum, the region's social development council, providing programs, services, analysis and insights. To learn more, visit us at wscf.org.au.